0: What's up, everybody? Back here with the Paranormal Lounge. This is our second episode for our Spooktober event. Um, this week is uh, SpookCon Alpha. So if you guys don't already know um, what that is, is uh, you're pretty close to being around a skeleton. So you guys might want to keep your eyes peeled where you're at just to make sure you're safe. So, But uh, if you guys want to go ahead and tell us about yourselves, who you are and what you guys do, what makes you show
1: so yeah, I'm Hannah and um mm-hmm. I love all things spooky, all things paranormal. And um I sort of I've worked in reality TV. I've worked on a lot of paranormal shows before I started this venture of starting my own podcast.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And
2: yeah. are some of the show tell us some of the shows you worked on?
1: Um yeah. sure. So the first paranormal show I ever worked on was about five or six years ago, and it was called Haunted Towns on Travel Channel with the Tennessee Raid Chasers. So I traveled awesome. all across all across the country, went to many different locations. Um, And then after that, I worked on Conjuring Kesha. Mm -hmm. And that's when Justin started getting involved.
2: That's when she dragged my ass into this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is it Um, a little scarier than you want it to be?
1: Sometimes, yeah, absolutely. I definitely get chills going to some some of those places. I've traveled all across the country Mm -hmm. for all different shows. Um, The most recent one I worked on was Ghost Brothers Lights Out. Okay. Um so I did that last year and they sent funny. me all around. Um and yeah. yeah, it was just a wild ride going to all these places and I love it. I mean it's a lot of fun and yeah.
0: That sounds like a dream, honestly. That would be <laughs> a, a bucket list career for me. Unfortunately Uh-oh. I've got Uncle Sam telling me what to do. So
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> so, well you said you, you you work before when we were talking that you work um on the with the ghost adventures crew.
2: Yeah, so I'm a writer and researcher on the show, um, and we just switched over to Discovery Channel straight up. So now we're on Discovery Channel and Max, formerly HBO Max, now just Max. So it feels really cool to be a part of a team where the uh, audience is constantly expanding. And I'm really excited because, you know, it's unlike a lot of other paranormal shows. This is a show to where we're always filming. We're always documenting. We're always investigating. So we're in a constant need of new locations, new energy, new buzz around things. And I think that that's awesome because most productions, you know, you'll work for a few months and then there will be a hiatus until you find another show or until mm-hmm. you get a season renewal. But with us, it's ever evolving and it's consistent, which is something that a lot of people in unscripted TV don't really have. Um, yeah. And of course, everybody's heard about the writer's strikes and all that kind of stuff that doesn't affect us in the unscripted world, but you can see where... Okay. A lot of people in the entertainment industry in general, uh, they don't have that stability. So it's nice to have that in some sense. Right.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. So you you can't be in the career fields that you guys are in without having to have some sort of like paranormal origin story. Like, what got you guys both of you involved in this? Like, from for me, it was like a super young age, right? So, but Mm -hmm. Hannah, like for you, like where did this begin?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it started for me at a young age. So I had my first experience. I was about maybe 15 years old and I was playing with a Ouija board and oh, first and last time I will ever use a Ouija board. <laughs> yeah. I hear that a lot. <laughs> pretty much what happened, like in a nutshell, I was playing it with my best friend at the time. And the first thing that happened was it spelled the letters R-I-P. And then oh. moments later, the power went out only in my room. This is like a huge 10-bedroom house. Power only goes <laughs> out in my room. So yeah. instantly, I'm like, okay, this is weird. And we're playing it like in the closet of my house. Um, and then so. moments later, my TV actually gets struck by lightning, and it blows up. And my friend and I, were freaking out. You know, I'm 15 years old. I have no idea what's happening. So we run outside. We're trying to find my parents. Like, you know, what's going on? Right. Uh, So that was really bizarre. And then that same night, we had a huge painting in our living room that fell. Mm. And it had been up there for a while. So it was just really bizarre that that same night that had fallen. And then our alarm system started beeping in a strange way. So it was making all these like, like something was trying to communicate. And yeah. I didn't really understand what was happening. My friend, she was terrified. Like to this mm, day, understandably. she sleeps with a Bible like under her bed. It really freaked her out. And she really oh, no. wants nothing to do with the paranormal. But for me, it really just, I was curious. You know, that kind of sparked my interest in mm-hmm. the paranormal. And ever since then, it's just kind of been nonstop. So, uh, but that was like the my first, yeah.
0: I feel like the only thing you were missing was opening the refrigerator and hearing the word Zool coming from the other side. Yeah. That, right. yeah 100 for sure did 100%. you ever figure out what it was like did you have any more communication with anything
1: like was that no, just that wild night it was the wild night you know and then my parents my mom was like really freaked out because i was telling her about it and then she was like you know what do we do how do we get rid of this like yeah so you know we end up trying to figure out like, you know <clears throat> do we stage the house or what's going on and it was did just you, really bizarre. We did ended you, like,
3: seal the Ouija board or whatever? Because I was supposed to, like, reseal it or something?
1: Yeah. So, while I read that you're supposed to, like, bury it. But at this point, my dad is just, like, kind of over it and he's pissed. <laughs> yeah. So, I think he just, like, threw it in the trash. Which Typical I don't know dads. if that's what you're supposed to do. Probably not. But, um, yeah. yeah, he threw it away. But what's really bizarre is that... Um, Like several years later, he said that the Ouija board showed up back on my front doorstep. And I don't live, I'm from Alabama, but we live in Los Angeles. But yeah, yeah, it was just really bizarre. So I'm like, someone was maybe playing a prank on me. Like, I don't know. But that day was just really weird. And yeah, it did kind of go on for a few nights after that, the weird like beeping with the alarm. But then... Eventually, it just kind of died out. We did try to sage. And at one point, we even like baked cookies for like an offering for the spirits. And (laughs) I had my mom like so into this with me. It was so funny.
0: That could have backfired.
1: uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. You're making me cookies. Why would I leave? Exactly. Now (laughs) I want to stay like it smells so good in here.
1: Yeah. Like I was yelling, we didn't really have like phones and stuff at that time. So I couldn't right. really like Google, like, what do I do? Like, I just didn't really know. And then mm-hmm. eventually it just kind of stopped. And then I went away for college and moved out and yeah, it hasn't been an issue since, but it definitely, you know, really scared me. And
2: what was the thing about the probe? You had a, one of those propane heaters on the wall or something. And it like, didn't it, didn't it do something where it exploded out like a flame? Or am I thinking of a different situation? I
1: think you're thinking of something else. Cause Probably. it was mm. my TV that, that like got caught on fire from a oh, lightning okay. strike. Okay. And it was all like mm. the way it happened. It was just so in sync. It was like the Ouija board was doing weird things. And then all of a sudden that happens. And then like mm. that same night and it was bizarre. It was it just is, man. strange. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was like my first official experience. And that kind of just opened the floodgates and Right. Um, yeah, ever since then, I've just been really curious. And then when I graduated college, um, that's when I started working in the entertainment field. And yeah, I've done paranormal shows like the past five,
2: six You started years. with True Crime, though.
1: And right. I did start I in true, true Crime. crime. So- oh, right. wait,
2: wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Get this. Get this. Okay. okay, okay. So her first job ever in production was as a PA in Kentucky on what show? On Ghost Adventures.
3: Whoa. Oh, look at... It's You're like just- a action. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you were like secret. It's like not a curse. It's like a blessing. You were blessed by whatever that uh, demon was or something, the Ouija board. Wait, and now you're just I'm- destined to do paranormal work from then on out.
2: Who yeah. knew? Who knew it was going to get you a job? That's great,
3: right? Yeah. I mean, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you gave it cookies, and it's like these, these qualifications. I'm not going to. I'm not going to get you a career. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Right? Here. There's this website called Staff Me Up. Go use it. Check it yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. asking yeah. yeah. you, you
3: to fill out a resume. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, but then that was my first job as a PA. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm i I'm a freelancer, so you know I work all different shows. But um, yeah, that was my first job a um, long time ago. And then you started working on it. So it's just funny yeah. how things like
2: come together. That's pretty yeah. awesome.
0: So have, <laughs> have you, do you have a uh, crazy paranormal origin story too? Or is this just something like newer so- for you?
2: Well, I mean, I grew up watching shows with my mother, like Beyond Belief, Factor Fiction, and different things like that. And we were always really interested show. in which story's real, which ones fake, right? Did did yeah. did, did George so and so talk from beyond the grave, or is this just a phony story meant to fool you? That kind of thing. And yeah, and then my favorite show uh, was on actually uh, back when it was called ABC Family Channel, I think, and it was mm-hmm. called Scariest Places on Earth. Do I you guys remember that, remember that, that show? Yeah, I, I don't do. Know. Insanely creepy voice, like very, very obvious, like the island of Povaglia, <laughs> like <Right>. this <laughs> the most creepiest monster voice ever. Right? Um, yeah. So that show kind of enthralled me, and I became obsessed with learning about places like the island of Povaglia, Dracula's mm-hmm. castle, different places like that, and. And I, I was always like a big Michael Myers fan growing up and stuff, like movies that kids should not be watching. My mom bought mm. me like Rob Zombie albums when I was like twelve and Love stuff. Rob so I feel like a cool mom. I don't know, she was badass. Other parents are yeah. like, "What the hell are you doing?" You know. My dad got me hooked Set on Rob up. Zombie too. Right. See, but obviously it worked out. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say that 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 something that that really made me actually witness experience it on another level is something that I've never forgot the visual of this creature or whatever the hell this thing is, but I was like 17 at the time, right? I'm a junior in high school and laying on the couch and all of a sudden I like kind of fall into this, like ha- that half in half out sleep in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. It's the weekend. You're not really doing anything. Um, and we had one of those TVs still that had a little bit of a, uh, rounded front to the screen it wasn't the mm-hmm. flat screens that we all have now yep. so it had a little bit of a dome shape and i feel like those were like they were solid glass and had more mm-hmm. reflection yeah. and in the reflection of this old two-story up-down duplex that we lived in in ohio mm-hmm. there was this old limestone well in the basement that had been sealed off like 50 years before right and it's yeah. corroded with black mold and like different things and stuff and you know meanwhile you know we're living upstairs and, you know, uh, kind of just huffing the stuff in, I guess, and all this all the time. So that part did make me wonder, is this like illusory? But Mm -hmm. I've never felt the feeling like this in my life. I look in the screen just for a half second, open my eyes, see in the screen. And what I saw was this full shadow figure directly behind the couch that I was laying on almost like, in this archway coming up from where the basement door would be. Right. So the basement's downstairs and the limestone well and everything. And Mm -hmm. it's almost like I had this flash of seeing like Samara from the grudge or something, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like the creepiest figure you could imagine, man, straight black. But when you look at it, it's almost like it's, it's trying to manipulate you by being the size and shape of a child. And Sounds bad. I mean, at that point, you know, you're 17. You're full of of hormones, testosterone, everything's through the roof, and you're starting to feel like a man. You know, at 17 years old, and so opposite of a man, I stand (laughs) up, like shoot up to my feet, and I'm against the wall, back against the wall, hands outstretched, shivering, like mom, mom, please, freaking the hell out, and my mom comes in, like what's wrong? You're, you're pale. Like what's going on? And I told her what I saw and stuff. And I just remember, she's like, well, I'm late for work. I gotta go. She ends up leaving. And then I'm in the house by myself. And I I just, I sat back down on the couch. I'm like, okay, I tried to convince myself that this was a vision. This isn't something real that I was seeing, but ultimately it's something that has stuck with me the rest of my life. And so it's been, I'm 32 now. So it's been with me. Um, for basically an, another lifetime after that, right? 17 mm-hmm. plus 17 is, it's almost, you know, 32 is pretty much double that. Yeah, so I feel like, I almost feel like I've lived half my life with the idea that something like that could happen to you. You know what for I mean? Sure. To see something oh, yeah. like that. And, and before I had actually gone down into the basement as a joke with a couple of friends and mm-hmm. we just had a little cheap tape recorder and we didn't know anything about ghost hunting, but we're going down in the basement and we're trying to like, antagonize this thing. And then it actually, when it had happened was a couple of weeks after that. So we go down, we antagonize this spirit with EVP recorders, asking it questions. Did you die here? You think you should have died? Maybe she deserves it. Maybe he deserved it, whatever, you know, making these jokes and stuff and basically making a mockery of it. Yeah. And then it showed me, it showed me why you should be afraid why you shouldn't be willing to connect with something like that in a mocking mm-hmm. way. Cause it'll always mm-hmm. show you up right? every single time.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, so I've had quite a number of experiences myself and I have had one where I was trying to elicit a response from something that I thought was there. And, um, so I grew up in Germany. My dad was in the air force. And so my girlfriend, um, had a really, really old house off base and her Mm. room was detached from the rest of the house. So, um, we were out there by ourselves, um, which in hindsight, her dad must've had a lot of trust in me. Um, (laughs) and, uh, she told me, she's like, Hey, you know, something weird is happening in my room. She had her own bathroom in her room. The door would open, the sinks would turn on stuff like that. And so I, you know, feeling like you said, right. I'm, I'm 17. I'm like, I'm going to see what this is. I'm like, all jacked up on testosterone and Mountain Dew. And right. let's, you know, I'm going to challenge whatever this is out here. And, um, so I start doing that. I'm sitting on her bed and then all of a sudden this knit wool cap she has on top of her like chest of drawers just jumps from one chest of drawers to another. And we both saw, and I looked at her, I'm like, did that really happen? She's like, I think that really happened. And I, you know, kind of was like trying to justify it in my mind, like, dude, there's a mouse in the hat and it jumped from one side to the other. And there's no way that could, you know, would have ever happened. And immediately all this really strange, like, um, energy started coming into the room and I felt like something was sitting there with us. And, um, uh I just remember feeling like man we need to get out of this room and we got up and got out of the room. We stood there outside of her room this big window and the blinds started moving up and down. You could tell it like, looked like something inside the room was blowing air. It was really weird. And um we went into the house and told her her dad what was going on cuz he's like why the hell are you guys standing on the patio looking into the window. And um so we told him and apparently um the someone like from i don't know decades past had fallen off the roof and had died right outside the room there and um so he was like oh that that must be what it is but i had a hard time, even, even though it was my girlfriend's private room, had a hard time going back into her room alone with her, uh, in high school. Cause of that, like it just was like, it, it was so immediate, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. From me taunting this and like saying, you know, it's not real trying to be loud about it. And then it responded immediately. So, so. you
2: started kind of in the same, a similar fashion of like thinking this is a joke. Let's make fun of it a little bit.
0: Right. Right. Okay. And then it, it showed me pretty fast that something was, something was in there. And, um, uh, you know, like maybe a year or so later, I, uh, and moved away from Germany and I was living in England and I flew back, um, to go visit her. And again, um, her dad was really cool and let me crash in her room. Um, and, uh, I had one of the most intense sleep paralysis experiences I'd ever had in that you room. Remember,
2: did you ever have anything like that before that?
0: I did. And I've told this story before, um, but I'll tell you guys. Uh, The first time I had it happen to me um, was in high school and it was still in Germany. We lived in on-base Mm -hmm. housing. And I was taking a nap in my room. My brother and sister were playing Nintendo on um, the, the TV I had in my room. And I just fell asleep watching them play. And then I woke up and I could hear them. Whatever game they were playing, and then I realized I couldn't move, and this is the first time I've ever had this happen to me. So I got really scared, and I had seen like a documentary or something like that on TV about those people that have like locked-in syndrome, where you know you're you can't move or talk, but you're very aware of everything else going on. And I thought yeah. that's what was going on, or like I was dead, and I started freaking out that like oh my god I'm trapped in my body. Just got really scared, and my heart rate started going up. I started sweating. And um, eventually I came out of it and told my mom. And um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Sylvia Brown. She um, was pretty, pretty popular psychic. You guys familiar with her?
2: Yeah, she's the one that had a lot of uh, controversy and all that stuff as well.
0: She did. Yeah. My mom was really into her back in the early 2000s, but um, she found it in one of these books with her and told me like, oh, you were actually traveling and couldn't get back in your body. And that from that point on, I was like, shit, like, <laughs> how do I stop this from happening? But it, it's happened to me quite a few times. And um, it happened to me a lot when I lived in England. And I've told these stories as well, but that house was, was very haunted. And I've had some of those experiences in that house, like the uh, the old hag syndrome, hearing the um, the static, the weight in, on my chest, waking up um, and seeing something at the end of my bed that would disappear pretty fast. Um, mm-hmm. But my brother and sister and I and my mom, we all experienced stuff in this house in England. And um, we moved into it right after it had been blessed because there was spiritual activity going on into it, and um, we moved in knowing that. So uh, I remember thinking it was a little weird. But and I, luckily, I only lived there for a year. But my brother and sister had to endure that for for four years. So, but it was it was a very if, scary house.
2: Uh, do you know if the people who lived there after you uh, experienced? Mm-hmm. Did Did you know anything about them? Ever talk to them? Ever ask them if they had any kind of so, experience? Yeah. So
0: the, the people that moved back into it were, was actually the landlord's daughter. Um, she's the one that would come and collect like the rent from my parents. And um, she ended up moving back into the house, according to my parents. Um, I don't know if she had any experiences... Um, But the people before us did. And I actually, um, so I first thing I noticed was that there were these St. Michael's coins that were on all of the windowsills. And so Mm -hmm. I had spent enough time, you know, in my high school years, like looking up uh, paranormal stuff and knew that that might be like some sort of protection and asked her and she told me. Um, very briefly about how the house had just been blessed. And then I ran into her um, where I worked on base um, shortly thereafter. And she told me essentially that um, her three-year-old son, who was in the bedroom that my brother was living in at the time, started complaining about an old woman watching him while he slept. And she thought that he was having night terrors until she went to go leave the house one day. And she's sitting at a bench um, and the houses in, in Europe, I'm not sure if you're familiar, most of them don't have like doorknobs the way we're, we're familiar with them. Um, most of the time, they're handles and the, the lock itself is spring loaded. So when you unlock the door, it kind of kicks the door open for you. So you have to have a key to come in. So there's no like leaving your door unlocked, really. And then when you would walk into the house, there was about a, a, an eight foot gap for our mudroom and then an actual door that you could just open with the handle. And so she sat down on this bench on the outside of the mudroom door uh, to put her shoes on stood up and then in the mudroom door was a stained glass window. And there was an old woman looking at her through the window and it scared her. She opened the door really fast and there was nobody in the mudroom. And I tell you that part about the door, because it's not like the door itself could have been open or unlocked. And Mm -hmm. she knew immediately then that something was messing with her son. And, um, but she told me that story and some other stuff about that. And, um, that, Sure enough, like my brother and sister had really weird experiences with um, an older woman, like being that you know was would bother them. We would hear footsteps, doors would open. Uh, my mom and I experienced um, footsteps going up the stairs the first day we were in that house. Um, so it's for me, like my paranormal origin story, definitely centers around my mom, and that's why I have a pretty healthy uh, interest in it. So.
2: Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense, man, dealing with like your first paranormal experience is like generational haunting, you know, like multi generational in the in the dwelling. For sure. So. Um, yeah, I mean,
0: my um my mom is um I think i trying to remember the word for it, like audio voyant where she can like hear things. Um but uh it's it definitely runs in our family. Like I can sit here and talk to you guys for an hour about a lot of the weird stuff and the strange people in my family. Um, but uh yeah. You know, it's it's um it's a something I love. My wife, um, is, is very into it as well, but for other reasons. Um, but yeah, that's, that's why I wanted to do this for sure. To have these conversations with people like you guys.
2: Epic, man. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So
3: So, I had I had a a question for you guys. Uh, Hannah, you talked about Mm -hmm. how like your friend sends like a Bible underneath her thing and she kind of probably went to religion, right. Um, -hmm. to kind of combat this, uh, We've had other paranormal guests on, and we've kind of discussed like the religion aspect to it. And Brand and I have had like conversations personally about it. I guess I, I'm curious of what you guys think when it comes to, like religion um, and the paranormal. Do you think uh, there's like one religion that it's more pronounced with, like like the Catholic religion is? You know, they'll send out a priest to actually like do like an exorcist or Um, or exorcism or all that type of stuff, like other religions don't typically do that. So does that kind of like allude to maybe one religion actually potentially is correct or whatever kind of what your thoughts on religion as relation to the paranormal?
1: Hmm.
2: Do you have any theories on that with your friend specifically or why she went to religion, why she felt that that was the the strongest?
1: I'm not really sure.
2: Hmm. Hmm. I mean, I feel like, so you guys, you know, living in a Southern state, first of all, you know, you're going to go to, um, traditional, uh, Protestant yeah. Christian, um, cause it was the Bible. Belt. Like
1: I grew up in part of the Bible. Yeah. It's like the yeah, buckle yeah. of
2: the Bible. Belt. It, it did encourage,
1: <laughs> Yeah. The buckle of it in Alabama, but, um, yeah, she did start going to church and, you know, she mm-hmm. really started kind of going down that path and, you know, I don't really talked to her too much today because she yeah. lives actually in cambodia she's doing like oh, wow. I don't know, she's been over there for like five years now but um she was my best friend for like most of my childhood life and mm-hmm. yeah i just remember that experience and it just affected her so much to, to the point where like her mom didn't even want us hanging out and stuff like she thought it was a bad influence wow. <laughs> wow. but um,
2: yeah it was it was wild she but... thought you were such a bad influence with the paranormal she sent her to cambodia that's, right? Yeah. I we can get you as like, far away as possible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: oh, so
2: you'd mentioned Paveglia um, in Dracula's mm-hmm. Castle. Have you have you had a chance to visit either of those places? Oh, man. No, no, no. I- I'm surprisingly uh, not as well-traveled as I would like to be, although okay. I feel like I am as a researcher. Um, I just f- I feel like I've been to so many more places than I actually have in this world because mm-hmm. of the research that goes into these these documents, these write-ups, these location pitches and things. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, no, I mean, I, I would, I would absolutely love that. And our, we've actually done, uh, we've, we, well, way before my time on the show, I think it was in season two, uh, uh Zach and the guys went to the Island of Poveglia. It was one of their, right. their biggest ones, uh, ever really. And it's a great in, episode In all 20 seasons, you yeah. know, and then I believe there was a return. I believe there was a return there, but, um, Yeah, that would definitely be a bucket list location, man, considering all the plague victims that were sent there and things like that. And I mean, it's kind of like this place that the island of Poveglia reminds me of a place that just released that everybody should watch. It's an amazing Mm -hmm. two-hour special we just came out with called Devil's Island. And it's the first uh, network television investigation of Angel Island in San Francisco Bay. And so you're talking about, similar in how Povaglia was like through multiple different generations of bad shit happening to people in that area of the world mm-hmm. similar with angel island you know uh the spanish in the 1750s so the late mm-hmm. late 171750s to the late 1700s and then you've got um civil war world war 1 world war 2 and then all of the asian immigration and all of the suicide jumps from the golden gate bridge that their body, the floaters end up right on the Southern tip of that Island. So you've got kind of this like culmination of hundreds of years of hauntings from different situations, circumstances and a variety of wars all Mm -hmm. centralized on this one place. And the craziest thing to me is that they've got multiple hospitals and garrisons that are all abandoned Mm -hmm. and just very raw in their original form, you know? Yeah so it's almost like like places like Poveglia places like Angel Island I feel like they're very similar
1: mm-hmm.
0: in
2: how they feel
0: right that makes me think of like Gettysburg, some of these old battlefields. You get there's so many videos of people like it looks like there's apparitions. You can hear bugles and drums and stuff like that. Um, I actually don't live that far from San Francisco. And I've been wanting to do some of the haunted San Francisco stuff. Um, so this is the perfect time of year to do that. But um, what would you guys say is probably the, the scariest location you guys have been to? And if you have experienced anything there? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, for me it would be trans allegheny lunatic asylum in west virginia yeah. and that one just has such a dark history to it um
2: you've literally got a painting of it on the wall so i've <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs>
1: been there twice now for two different shows but um that place is just off the can charts. i take that and show them sure I show no, them? I this care. was
2: actually painted in trans allegheny heck yeah <laughs>
1: But yeah, it's a place of madness, sadness, and destruction. Where like anyone could have been sent here, back in the time, like any, um, mental illness. Huh. Uh, right. Yeah, so this was painted by um, a lady who um, works at the asylum, and she gifted this to me. Um, oh, that's awesome. She came on one of the shows that I worked on. So, yeah, I look at it every day. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but that place is just crazy. Like, back in the day, anyone could have been sent there for anything. Like, a woman being on her period that your family didn't want you, they'd send you there. Yeah. I mean, it's just really, really tragic. And it is. Yeah. So,
2: the fact that people could get away with destroying your life for such insignificant things is, mm-hmm. is really mind blowing. Really it is. I was I was gonna
0: say like aside from just like all the paranormal stuff that t- tends to circle around those places it's terrifying how easy it used to be to commit somebody to those places
1: absolutely and, yeah. yeah and it was, it was overcrowded like, there were just so many issues and it didn't even close down until 1994 which oh is crazy gosh. for me to think about because I'm like I was alive I mean I was a baby yeah. but- Alive while this place right. was still operating, and they did everything from like lobotomies, electroshock therapy, insulin therapy. I mean, it was the worst of the worst, and it's just so tragic. But, um, one thing I remember a newspaper archive, um, Freeman in 12 days, he performed 228 lobotomies.
2: Dr. Walter Freeman, Dr.
1: Walter Freeman, in just 12 days oh after this gosh. asylum, and they were doing it on kids as young what as like four hell? years old, you know. and it, it's just Dude, really, terrifying. really sad. But, have you, have um, you guys ever seen
2: the AHS season uh, Asylum? It's the second season of American Horror Story. I it's have. Been yes,
1: that asylum, that doctor—is it
2: really that, that crazy doctor in there? Um, mm-hmm. Was is loosely based on Walter Freeman and trans It yeah. asylum.
1: Loosely based,
2: yeah. I did not it's know really that. That's really interesting.
1: Yeah. So that place is just off the charts. Now, granted, when the Mm. crew investigates, I'm usually kind of outside in a different area because, you know, we don't want crew to intervene. But um, I had a I had an experience when I was there just walking down the hallways and, you know, you just get those like chills and those eerie feelings. But I remember looking down this hallway and it was like the blink of an eye, this shadow figure just like darted out. It was like three seconds and it was gone. Right. But, um, and I'm walking around alone because part of my job was to kind of take pictures of all the signage because we would have mm-hmm. to put everything back, you know, exactly how it was. And mm-hmm. they had it set up like a museum. And now this place is massive. It's It's on allegedly it's on six hundred and sixty six acres, which is like creepy Perfect. enough. There's right. 13 buildings on the property. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just massive. We're in like the main building and it's I want to say it's like four or five stories. And. Yeah, they send me down to the Civil War ward, which is like kind of in the basement, and I'm just kind of going through, just you know, making sure everything is where it should be, and then all of a sudden, this dark hallway, I just see this shadow just Joel out of nowhere, like blink of an eye, and you know, I'm freaking out. I'm like on my walkie, like you know, is there crew down here? Like, is anyone down here? And
2: thought they were shooting a recreation. Or yeah, because we do <laughs>
1: recreations of the yeah. paranormal stories, but um, right. that really freaked me out. Yeah. Um, But one experience um, at a different location that really kind of always stuck with me over time Mm -hmm. this happened on Haunted Towns, and we were at Fort Warden, which is in Port Townsend, Washington. It's like on the peninsula. And the guys are doing an EVP session. And usually I'm not always in the room where it's happening because, you know, we don't want to interfere. But this was kind of outside in this little tunnel area. And I'm standing there taking notes. I was an associate producer. So my job was to kind of like field log what's happening. And I'll never forget this. It freaked me out. It freaked the guys out. And basically, um, they asked the question, do you mean us harm? And it said, I'll kill you.
0: Mm. Oh, definitely. Yes.
1: The way that it sounded, I mean, it was so real. Like these guys ran out of the area. They went back and they were playing it back multiple times. Like they were just terrified. I was freaked out standing there. And that just really shocked me. And I always think about that because I'm like the way it was, it was clear as day. It was one of those investigations where it was like, wow, it was obvious that. Yeah, and that, um, it's in the Haunted Towns episode. You, you can find a clip of them, you know, playing that recording. But um, mm. that just really, really terrified me. because
2: Was that Doogie? One of the team members, was that Doogie that had that? Well,
1: it was all five of them that were doing it. I think it was mm-hmm. Chris. that, But they had, like, one of those, I think it was the DR-60. It was one of those, like, old school okay. reporters. And um, they were asking a series of questions. I don't remember all the questions they asked, but I remember mm-hmm. one of them, they said, do you mean us harm? and instantly clear as day it said i'll kill you and they ran out just so scared we ended up just that, that was kind of it like after that we were like oh we're done at this location it was it was too much yeah and yeah that really kind of freaked me out
0: that would that but, um, would freak me out too yeah yeah, it was,
1: <laughs> yeah. It was crazy would yeah. not feel safe <laughs> right so,
0: yeah would uh So your goal with the Paranormal Lounge, you're documenting um, these places around um, the country, I assume. I don't know if you have like international goals, Um, but, um, you know, places that are haunted. Is there a place that's like, you know, bucket list place for you that you would really like to go and document?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, the Winchester Mystery House is one that oh, yeah. I've really, really been fascinated by. And it's not yeah. even that far from us. You know, we're mm-hmm. in L.A., but that one has been on my bucket list for a while, as well as, like, the catacombs in Paris. But, you know, that's mm-hmm. way overseas. But as far <laughs> as, like, the ones here go, that one's definitely a bucket lister. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Alcatraz, I actually went there on my birthday. Like, what when, Ooh, when was that? Like, four years ago? Cool. So that was interesting. Three, ago, yeah. yeah,
2: we did the, We did the night tour there. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, what was did- that like? It was really cool. It was really cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it was awesome that they took you on the ferry boat on the way over as the sun mm-hmm. is setting, for at least the time okay. we went there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually missed the first two ferries back, and they only have them running like like every hour and a half. What I would say for sure, anybody wanting to go is wear some damn comfortable shoes. <laughs> <That's a lot laughs> of <that>. comfortable <laughs> shoes. It? Yeah, no flip there's, um, there's a weird feeling that we got in one of the uh, isolation cells. Because mm-hmm. it's like it's still got that that like funky, like like hospital green kind of color that's chipping off the walls and stuff. It it still feels like extremely raw, right? But of course they've got certain things that are more touristic, like plexiglass covering the area where so you could see how they crawled up the pipes when they escaped and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that place has a lot of. It, you could tell it's been through a lot. It's got a lot of energy, but it's almost like. There's been so many shows there, so many investigations done and all that kind of stuff, which right. makes sense why, you know, the the top shows in the genre are constantly trying to find the new locations or the places that have come under new management. Because there might be a place like, you know, we were told that, or, you know, with Angel Island specifically, you know, that one takes a while to get through all of the different processes, right? If you're working with state governments, local governments, things, um, Mm -hmm. Alcatraz, actually, I don't know if it still works this way, but if you wanted to film a paranormal show there, you used to have to do this lottery type situation. And then if you were picked for the lottery, you had to either kind of drop everything your production company was doing, right? So all this, we had plans to go to Trans Allegheny or any of these other places. You got to drop all that. If you want to go and film Alcatraz. But so you. many people have done it that it's almost like, One, do the no. ghosts even have any energy left in there? You know, right?
0: <laughs> right. Like, well, oh, it's another ghost hunter crew, right? Show
2: up with the right. cookies, though.
3: Maybe there'll <laughs> be more. If she the clients, yeah. that's a good yeah. idea.
2: We'll try that next time. <laughs> what list location? Yeah. Um, I would say Plovaglia, but anymore, that place is probably so deteriorated from the show that I watched as a kid growing up that I couldn't mm-hmm. even imagine being able to set foot in that place without it crumbling right beneath you and you become Mm one of the ghosts yourself, you know? Yeah. And so (laughs) I would say, um, Oh shit, man, probably the white house, to be honest. I think that would be. I've never heard anybody say that. I like that. I think that would be insane. I've I've been, I I haven't done too deep of a dive into this, right. Because it'd be so hard to even want to, it's one of those places where like, man, you know, it's not going to happen. Why am I even researching this? But it's, (laughs) You never it's, know. Well, all of the things I, I like to think about all the hidden stuff, right? They got all these hidden doorways and different secret rooms and things and all this and, and mm-hmm. all these different conspiracy theories that can sort of formulate around, um, paranormal theories, ideas, uh, people that have had accidents in there mm-hmm. different things like that. Yeah. I feel I have, like
3: I have heard of yeah. like, there are some like weird ghost type stuff that happened in the white house.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, There's, like,
1: books on it, too, I think. Yeah, and previous well, presidents yeah.
3: have talked about it. Um, see, I, I'll see if I can find some stuff about it. It'd be kind of cool Good. if you went there and maybe, like, Lincoln and Kennedy walk around the corner and said hi. That'd be pretty <laughs> right. kind of scary. Well, if you feel like...
0: Alcatraz may be overdone. Um, I know that the ghost adventures crew went to the Montana state prison. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I was stationed in Montana, I went there, um, with a friend of mine and his wife, um, for their like Halloween, like ghost tour thing. Mm -hmm. And that was really cool. And that place, like you were talking about being saturated with energy, it has that feeling. And I've not been to the like battlefields, civil war, American revolution battlefields. I feel like they'd feel the same, but, um,
2: if, have you been to to the montana state prison i have not um i have not i was speaking on okay. civil or battles and stuff like that i've been to some battlefields in maryland and stuff like that like antietam oh, yeah. but no i've never okay. been uh, montana state prison is one i want to go to um uh i i have uh when i was younger been to the ohio reformatory because they used mm-hmm. to do like tours there all the time and i always wanted to do um i always wanted to travel up there growing up mm-hmm. to do one of the overnight stays they they yeah. used to let people come and bring their sleeping bags. I'm not I'm not sure if they still do that anymore. They might I think Dracula's
0: <laughs> castle lets you do that, doesn't it? Oh, that would be cool. That would
1: be amazing.
0: Yeah. No, that but, <laughs> that one might be almost too scary for me personally, but that would that would be pretty cool to to do that with a friend, right? Somebody, you know. But uh the, oh, the Montana's
2: to maybe too.
1: Oh yeah, what, that's a good one. That castle. She which was one? like the
2: Elizabeth Bothory's castle, which is sort of like dilapidated half of its collapsed, but they still have like some original structure, foundation, horse stable areas. Is she the she one that
0: was that like bathing in blood? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think I've heard uh, somewhat about her, um, but the uh, the Montana State Prison still has the gallows outside. And um, the night we were there for the, um, the ghost tour, everybody in our group, we were kind of standing outside where um, there was a big riot there at one point. Um, and we all heard some someone running across like the, the big field that's in the gap between the building and where the gallows are. And there's snow on the ground. It's October in Montana. And we all heard it. And we ended up walking over there to look and there were no footprints in the snow or anything like that. But we all definitely heard someone running. And of course, you know, like, I don't know, maybe the guards knew we were, were screwing with us or something or the people doing the the uh, the tour. But I mean, definitely, it was a shared experience with the several people that we were there with. It was pretty cool. But you should definitely go to the Montana State Prison. I highly recommend it.
2: If I ever end up in Montana, man, I would I would love that. You know, I've been wanting to, uh, I've never done like a proper road trip across the country or anything like that. I think that would be a a cool thing to do to be able to to kind of cut up and then go a little bit north hit places like montana wyoming different places like north dakota Mm -hmm. yeah um deadwood you know go to different places like that as well um Mm -hmm. that would be pretty awesome man and there's so many like little territorial prisons in different places that aren't really as much on the paranormal map like like a front like a, a wyoming territorial prison these different places that don't really like they're not super into the paranormals. They don't really allow it, but they still got all this great history, like Butch Cassidy and all this different stuff being like the only prison that ever held him. So they've they've got so many different areas up there in the old frontier West. I feel like that have still yet to be explored, still have yet to make their mark on TV investigations, anything like that. So it's, those are areas that I'm always actively uh, looking up, looking into and stuff. And, you know, it would be cool Definitely. to travel up there for sure. And then there was another yeah. one that you went to in Idaho. You went to the Idaho State
1: Prison. The Idaho State right? Prison, yeah. That was with the Tennessee Raid Chasers.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. How was that?
1: Oh, it was good. I mean, it was so long ago now. Like, everything just kind of blurs together. But that was one <laughs> yeah. of the first ones that um, we went to. Hmm.
2: You yeah, also one. did... Um, I know okay. that for Ghost Brothers they did Ohio State Reformatory for as well. For Ghost
1: Brothers, yeah, we did yeah. I, I didn't go on that uh-huh. episode because I was a field producer so I kind of rotate it with the other field producer. But mm-hmm. um yeah, the Ohio State Reformatory. I think that was their opening episode too for their recent season. Okay.
0: That's cool. I haven't seen that. Those I think they're they're pretty funny. I enjoy yeah. their, their stuff, yeah. Um so as far as like the, your ultimate goal with Paranormal Lounge, is there like a, um, an end goal? Like, do you hope to turn all of these places you've visited into maybe like a book one day to just kind of showcase some of what you've done is like a, like a legacy thing? Hmm. I
1: love that. Oh, that would be amazing.
0: Oh, there you go. That's an idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah okay so you just, right now just kind of having fun with the page then yeah basically.
1: exactly it's just kind of like a hobby i enjoy it i've been to a lot of these locations so it's fun for me to kind of do a deep dive into mm-hmm. them but um yeah yeah i think you know it would be really cool to do something like that i also kind of created a, a map because i also yeah. focus on um haunted film locations in los angeles oh, I um bet so i have stuff. a map of like all the haunted locations here. So, you know, mm-hmm. you have like the Greystone mansion, which is iconic in its own way, mm-hmm. with um Edward Doheny, who was like he died in a murder suicide. But that mansion, I mean, it's it's gorgeous. And they use it for weddings and things like that. But it's also been in over like a hundred movies and TV shows. Um yeah. so you know, I kind of take that route too, just to kind of make it a little different. Um, so like yeah, that. the haunted map of of los angeles and then yeah i I have kind of on the side thought about maybe like a book or something in the future but um right now it's just like a hobby a fun thing i like to do
2: okay it feels like people want more of the uh like just just more visual content rather than like like reading different things like that i feel like i feel like the the main way that paranormal lounge has been gathering like more of an audience for you i feel like through um more of your visual aspect of things rather than um, uh, you know the blog posts and things like that because at That's the end of the true, day yeah. you know you can you can digest so much information from the visual medium versus reading that it's mm-hmm. almost like, you know, looking back at this, it's, it's going to be cool to see like in okay in twenty twenty three, paranormal lounge begins, and then in a few years, see how that progresses. Mm-hmm. It almost seems like with social media platforms, like like you got YouTube Shorts, Instagram Reels, TikToks, these different things are the ones that are really going to blow up those absolutely uh, paranormal realize, channels. Yeah, and it's
1: kind of interesting how that all works. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, because it's it's also like my target audience. You know, I don't know if they would actually, you know, want to read a book, because I mostly do content creation. But um, it would be cool, maybe, maybe one day, like, I'm not opposed yeah. to doing that. For sure. Awesome.
0: No, yeah, I definitely agree with you. That's, that's the way to go. And it's almost like kind of a, a tough nut to crack, because sometimes I will awesome. do things that I think I'm kind of you know, mirroring what other people do that's is successful, and then I, I'm not that successful at it. So, um, it's just kind of one of those things. I feel like you got to keep plugging away at. But um, I know yeah. you guys got to got to get off here pretty soon. Um, but is there anything you know before we get off talking to you guys that you'd like you know the audience, your audience, to know about what what you what you guys do about yourselves, anything like that?
2: Yeah. So uh, I, I would say first um, with with paranormal lounge specifically um you know hannah actually got the idea for this came up with the name and everything and i was just like holy shit that name is so good you you've got to start it just because the name's so good like <laughs> that is a good one then, um uh i remember i know that you were it was, She wanted, first the idea was that i would um not actually be involved in any of these that i would only help like like if she wanted like a little bit of like 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 a note or help with editing or anything like that Mm -hmm. and more more technical like behind the scenes stuff whereas that's where i feel more comfortable for sure um and uh (laughs) but i almost feel like with paranormal lounge specifically this thing is is something that's meant for community and not just for uh our personal content production but because we want to bring people in and, and, and get them involved Hear other people's experiences. So I know that you started a really awesome, like threads and different things like that to try to, and, uh, open up Facebook chats a little bit more and different groups yeah, and like things a like Facebook that. So. Cause it
1: really, to me, it really is all about community. And I guess like if I did right. have an ultimate end goal. Like my vision, actually, when I thought about the paranormal lounge would actually be like a community, like an actual lounge where we lounge around and talk about paranormal. Like that like was kind that of idea. what inspired me to, you know, want to do the channel, but um, not sure if I ever really get to that one day, but um, yeah, that was I think kind of like will. the ultimate goal of it.
2: <laughs> it would be awesome. cool, man. Like if you see a, if you see a store that says the paranormal lounge on it, like, I don't know about you, but I'm going in.
1: It's gonna yeah. be great.
2: Oh yeah. yeah! Like you'll
1: have those people that like I'm never stepping in there, but in Los Angeles, yeah. I mean, people are really open to that. Now back in Alabama, where I'm from, it's oh, yeah. you know, I'm from Florida. It's a Bible. Oh really? What yeah. part of Florida?
0: The Panhandle, so LA, Lower Alabama.
1: Right? <laughs> I get that sometimes. The joke we call it.
0: Yeah. What's your uh, yeah, What's your so, What's your favorite beach down there? Um, I like the beaches in Navarre. Um, mm-hmm. my uh. My parents really like going out to Okaloosa Island a lot. Um, oh, yeah. I'm actually yeah. drinking from uh, the Irish Wake glass from Meguiar's right now.
3: Um, oh, sweet. So, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, Navarre is, Navarre is gorgeous. My brother lives out in the uh, Mary Esther area. Anywhere in that, you know, the, the Emerald Coast itself is beautiful. What about you?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: There's a, I like Orange Beach. Easy. Okay. Easy to get oh, to. Okay. And there's there's occasionally okay. some wind, swell, wave.
1: He surfs yeah.
2: a lot. Do you? Okay. <laughs>
1: break up all like the paranormal it. with the surfing right
2: yeah. and that's a we good way to relax
1: in destin yeah did yeah, you yeah. really yeah last year last october that's actually. awesome 29 so we're coming up on our first year anniversary yeah <laughs> but, um yeah well, we anniversary. you guys <laughs>
0: that's and it's true. actually my daughter's birthday
1: that's amazing oh, that's amazing, oh i love it that. is
0: yeah how old is she now yeah. she's seven seven oh, she'll awesome. be eight Aww. yeah
2: this month that's awesome yeah. and, and do you both have kids He's about one. to.
3: I have one coming on the way Do at the end. Oh, oh yeah.
0: congratulations.
2: congratulations. That's so exciting.
0: Thanks, for sure. That's yeah. cool. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on with us. And if you guys head up to the uh, Winchester house, let me know. I don't live far from there and would love to go check it out with you. That'd be pretty oh,
1: cool. Oh, absolutely.
2: Yeah, that that'd would be, be really cool awesome. Because we're like, what, a five, six hour drive to San Jose? It's
1: depending on traffic, but yeah. it is on the bucket list. One six day you definitely want to yeah. make it up there. So would be
2: cool. That would be cool. If you guys do, we could do another
0: collab and uh, put some pictures up on the uh, Paranormal Lounge community board.
1: I love that. Yeah, it's all about building communities.
2: (laughs) Do do you guys have? Do you guys want anything? uh, Any soundbite or anything or anything to add into this afterwards? Any other thing you guys want um, that you think that we haven't covered yet or?
0: Oh no. I mean, this is, I feel like it's gone pretty well. Talking to yeah. you guys has been pretty fun. Please. So, but um, yeah, we'll let you get off here. If um, you want to tell us real quick where everybody can find you and then we'll, we'll wrap up.
1: Sure. Yeah. Just so on Instagram
0: we... threads. Okay. Yeah.
1: So yeah. The paranormal lounge, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, pretty much all social platforms. I'm definitely mm-hmm. the most active on Instagram and Facebook. Um, but yeah, the paranormal lounge. I mean, even if you Google search, you'll see uh, um our stuff pop up.
0: Awesome. um, Okay, cool. Well, again, thanks for coming on with us. And everybody, I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Find us on YouTube, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, and Instagram. So good night to you guys. Hey, thanks, guys. Thank
1: you so much for having us on. It was a pleasure chatting with you guys. For sure.
0: What's going on, Fire fans? I Came With Fire podcast is sponsored by Red Clover Coffee and Sheep's Clothing LLC. Red Clover Coffee is a veteran-owned company with small batch roasted coffees, and they just happen to donate to some pretty awesome charities. Whether you're into specialty flavored coffees, single source coffees, or having a really cool coffee mug and some badass slaps, Red Clover has you covered. You can order ground, whole bean, or even coffee pods and get it all at 10% off your entire purchase using coupon code Fire. Again, that's 10% off your entire purchase using our coupon code Fire. I personally love their Blueberry Invasion and African Roast. That Blueberry Invasion hits the spot. Head over and get yourself some awesome coffee and support us by supporting our sponsor. I Came With Fire podcast is also sponsored by Sheep's Clothing, LLC. Sheep's Clothing, LLC is a unifying banner for all violent arts, disciplines, professions, and survivors of violent circumstances. Redefine Violence. Both Zach and I being survivors of violent circumstances and LEOs in the military, we are especially excited to be able to offer you 10% off your entire purchase with coupon code FIRE10 at checkout. Whether you're looking for an awesome t-shirt, hats, slaps, flags, or MMA gear, they've got you covered. Me personally, I love my snapback with the leather patch surrounded by God's flannel. If you know, you know. That's coupon code fire 10 F I R E 10 at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. Thank you all so much for supporting this podcast. And if you should feel compelled, treat yourself by supporting our sponsors as well. They truly make a difference for us. Now let's make a difference for them. See you on the next show.